three, two, one, zero, zero, and liftoff. This is Nuclear Knowledge. Production of the National Institute for Deterrence Studies. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another exciting episode of Nuclear Knowledge, a weekly show of the National Institute for Deterrence Studies, where we are advancing peace, promoting stability, and helping you to think deterrence. The views of the host are their own, and those views come from me, Jim Petrosky, and our special guest, Brigadier General Retired Eric Froelich. In today's show, you will hear about an important mission related to our nuclear deterrent, Operation Looking Glass, which provides some of the command and control functions for NC3. Since I have never been involved in Looking Glass, we thought it best that you hear from someone with experience with Looking Glass. So today, we turn it over to Brigadier General Froelich. Thank you for joining the show. Thanks for inviting me on the podcast, Jim. It's a real honor to be here today. Now, I flew looking glass missions from 2018 to uh, 2021. It was, a, it was a great experience for an Air Force aircraft maintenance officer who spent the better part of three de- decades running flight lines and, and pushing sorties. But I'll, I'll get to more of that here in a minute. You know, for the benefit of your listeners, uh, how about a little background? The looking glass is is actually a reference to the Airborne National Command Post or ABINCAP mission that's supported by the Navy's E-6 fleet um, who are stationed at a Tinker Air Force Base in Oklahoma. The Navy unit responsible for operating these aircraft is, is known as Strategic Communications Wing 1. The Navy refers to this mission and the related survivable communication systems as TACAMO or Take Charge and Move Out. And I think that's actually a very good summary description of this important national security mission. Popular media also refers to this aircraft as well as the E-4B National Airborne Operations Center, the NAOC, as the doomsday planes. You may have heard that. I suppose uh, that's not far from the truth since both of these airborne platforms are intended to be the survivable command posts should the United States experience, well, the worst day imaginable. The reality is these airplanes, they don't just sit on the flight line waiting for doomsday to happen. For example, the Looking Glass mission is supported with a joint force aircrew and on either ground or airborne nuclear alert 24-7-365. The mission ready status of the TACAMO and the Looking Glass is always 100% ready to perform its wartime mission. You know, Looking Glass is a, an incredibly vital part of the, the nation's nuclear readiness and deterrence mission. The aircrew that supports this mission, they're trained and ready to provide military advice to the president or the most senior surviving civilian leader of the country should U.S. Strategic Command or U.S. STRAPCOM leadership and the supporting command and control apparatus be unavailable in times of national emergency for whatever reason. The TACAMO aircraft communications and the associated support systems, they enable the Looking Glass crew to maintain situational awareness of the status of the crisis playing out on the ground and offer options to national leadership. One of the important duties is the receipt and the transmission of emergency action messages or EAMs. 
that provide direction to U.S. nuclear operational forces, which are made up of the strategic bombers, nuclear-capable submarines, and the intercontinental ballistic missile or ICBM forces that are on alert across the U.S. northern tier. Now, for my role in the Looking Glass mission, I was serving as an Airborne Emergency Action Officer, or AEAO. It's, it's actually not a very cool acronym, but it was fascinating duty. The AAO is always a U.S. general or flag officer that has experience and a current assignment in the nuclear forces under U.S. STRATCOM's purview. And the AAO has several roles. The most important is being the most survivable senior U.S. military leader that can command nuclear forces in the event that the U.S. STRATCOM commander or more senior successors on the ground cannot perform that role. So a lot of bad things need to be happening on the ground in a lot of different areas for this to occur. But as you know, one of the core doctrines of the nuclear mission is redundancy and survivability. So there's always a backup to the backup to the backup plan. And the AAO is also in command of the Airborne National Command Post or AVNCAP, also referred to as the Looking Glass. And the professionals in important, you know, support that important mission. And the crew of the Looking Glass has a variety of functions, such as communications, intelligence, weather, you know, just to name a few. All of these functions serve to inform me, in the case of the AAO, um, a mission commander and strike advisor, as decisions are being made to provide military and nuclear mission advice to national leadership, such as the president and to enable communications and direction to U.S. STRATCOM nuclear forces. So back to where, began, where we began, I served for three years as an AAO. I was required to be on the personal reliability program as a general officer, also known as PRP, just like I was when I was a more junior maintenance officer and a field level commander of nuclear units. I was required to travel to Offutt Air Force Base in Nebraska for my training, my mission certification, and my check ride which took the better part of a full week. And I was also placed on flying status and issued flight gear, which for a maintenance officer was certainly out of the ordinary. In fact, the first day I showed up to my office when pulling my very first alert, the staff gave me an incredibly hard time for wearing a bag to work instead of the typical airman battle uniform or ABUs. So over the next three years, I, I probably pulled 10 to 12 alert duties as an AAO. U.S. STRATCOM has um, many certified AAOs, and they would rotate us through the alert duty lineup along with permanently assigned staff at Offutt Air Force Base. So I'd either fly to the location where the Takamo and the Navy Air Crew was currently pulling alert, or the aircraft would come pick me up at my permanent duty location, which at the time was Barksdale Air Force Base in Louisiana. The Takamo and the Looking Glass crew and I would typically pull alert together in various places around the country for about three to four days before changing over to the next crew. During alerts, I would, we would conduct a lot of training and, and test response times and communications equipment. Most days we would fly six to eight hour missions, run exercises and drills, either internal to the AVNCAP crew or in concert with the US STRATCOM Global Operations Center on the ground. One of the communications capabilities of the TACAMO utilizes very low frequency or VLF waveforms which require the use of long trailing wires behind the aircraft. 
and the crew would routinely test these systems to ensure mechanical and electronic status. During my a AAO duty, we had to make significant adjustments due to the COVID-19 pandemic. One of the requirements was to be vaccinated with the most early military groups, which was around January of 21. We would pull much longer alerts and comply with more restrictions in terms of exposure. It was certainly an interesting time to be part of this mission, but I have to say I was so impressed with the adaptability of the U.S. STRATCOM staff that planned air crew rotations and missions and the air crew that performed it. You know, Jim, all in all, I found the, the Looking Glass mission and serving as an AAO highly rewarding. It enabled me to better understand our nation's operational nuclear forces capabilities, which I had been supporting for years. Most importantly, it really drove home how important a nuclear triad is to a strong nuclear deterrence. As an AAO, you must deeply understand how nuclear bombers, submarines, and ICBMs complement each other and the unique characteristics inherent to each. This enables you as the AAO to advise the president and command nuclear forces on behalf of the STRATCOM commander. I took the responsibility very seriously and found the entire experience professionally enlightening. You know, even now in retirement, I'd suit up and go back on alert again if needed. So Jim, thank, thank you again for providing me the opportunity to share an overview of the Looking Glass mission and my experiences supporting it as an Airborne Emergency Action Officer. And I hope your listeners find the information useful and informative. Back over to you, Jim. Well, thank you, General Froelich. And I, uh, I'm, I'm really impressed by some of the, the things that happened I hadn't, I hadn't known before. So appreciate that insight into a very important mission. And thank you so much for your service to our nation. Um, certainly, it was a sacrifice for you also to perform uh, in, you know, with looking glass. And I don't think that goes unnoticed. And we at NIDS uh, invite you to return to Nuclear Knowledge to pass along your experiences through our podcast in the future. Um, we will be doing a future cast uh, talking about alert status and PRP. We think that's important for people to know. And something many people don't realize, those great sacrifices of our airmen, uh, like you said, 24 and 7. It's incredible what our military does for the protection of our nation. And to our listeners, thank you for listening to today's Nuclear Knowledge Show. Um, I hope you learned something new. I certainly did, and I really do thank you, uh, General Froelich. And uh, I think it's just valuable to understand this nuclear deterrence. Nuclear Knowledge is a production of NIDS, a 501c3 organization dependent upon donations to provide this podcast. Every donation helps keep this and many other deterrence-related activities happening and helps us to bring awareness to the peace keeping value of U.S. strength in our national deterrence. This podcast is produced weekly and each episode is released on Monday. If you enjoy this show, check out our other podcast, The Nuclear Review, which we hope General Froelich will join us as well. You can catch it and all our podcasts at thinkdeterrence.com. I thank our producer, Kimberly Charrington, our sponsors, and all the fantastic members of the National Institute for Deterrence Studies for making this podcast possible. Stay tuned next week for another exciting and informative nuclear knowledge. A production of the National Institute for Deterrence Studies.